Hello and welcome back to Uneducated, the show where we feel dumb so you don't have to. Today I have Taylor Blake with me. This conversation is so much fun. We literally chatted up a storm for an hour and a half. Um, I thought about cutting it up into two parts or just leaving parts out. But you know what? You guys deserve the whole thing. It is really, really fun. And we kind of just, we talk about it all. Um, You may know Taylor from a few things. She was on the reality house, Kian and JC's reality show with putting a bunch of influencers in house. She was on season two. Um, Or... From where I realized I know her first from her viral video going through the Taco Bell drive through and asking the girl at the window if she wants to have a sleepover because the girl was nice and complimented her nail polish and she wanted to hang out. It's so wholesome and so cute. Um, I know I know y'all remember that video. It's so funny. I literally forgot about it until I was researching Taylor and then the video popped up and I was like there's no way this is the same person it's so funny I followed Taylor for years and years and years and just somehow never put the two together um but she travels around in a camper with her girlfriend Christian and their three dogs which I just it's it's something that I think is really fun and in in my heart, I wish I could be the person to do that and like get rid of all of my things and just have like a small amount of stuff and travel around. Um, I know I'm not that girl. I'll never be that girl. I wish I could be that girl. But that's why I brought that girl onto the show so we can talk about it. Um, Taylor also grew up in Florida in a very conservative and Christian household. So we really discuss a lot how she's navigated that through her traumatic coming out while being being forced out of the closet experience to having a relationship with her family now. Um, Taylor is just incredibly authentic and honest and forthcoming with all of her experiences. So it's so beautiful. And you get the element of her and Christian have known each other since they were 13 and 14. They grew up in the same town. So there's something about like longtime friends turned lovers that I just think is so adorable. Maybe because Tara and I did the same. So maybe I just relate to it. I don't know. It's a great episode. Um, clean, clean your house, decorate for Christmas, uh, wrap, wrap some presents, um, cook something, go on a long drive. You're going to want to hear this whole thing. So let's jump into it. Enjoy Taylor. I was going to ask where you are right now, but clearly. So I'm in the camper. We are in it. Florida. Mm-hmm. So we are, um, my parents are actually out of town right now, but we're like on their property and we have the camper uh, parked here, but they're out of town. So we're house sitting. Oh. So typically I would be inside a house, which is rare for me. <laughs> However, my mom has like 30 dogs. So she doesn't actually um, have 30, but I love that. They sound like a pack of 30 when they're barking. Yeah. So oh, yeah, you're like, I should go get some privacy in the van. Right. Is it right. weird to be in the house? Like you've, how long have you done van life? We're going to really get into van life. Like I have a million <laughs> questions, but how long has it been now? So we bought our camper. We actually are in a camper. So it's not like a van that you drive. We actually pull it behind. It's like a 16 foot uh, fiberglass camper. So we got it in, when did we get it? August of 
2020. So this August would have been a year since we've had the camper. And then we officially embarked on the road on October 14th of 2020. So it's been a year and almost two months since we've been living in 26 square feet. (laughs) That it that's thrilling. And I'm sure a little scary all at the same time. Right. Right. I mean, it was definitely something that we had to learn and figure out kind of as we, as we went, cause yeah, it's not like we had someone in my family that had done this before and could give us all this advice. And yeah. plus when it's like two women just embarking off, you know, on, <laughs> we really didn't have like a set destination or anything like that. So it was like, we're just figuring it out as we go and hoping for the best. I um, see a lot of appeal in it. Like I can get it. And like any, I hate clutter. So anytime I like really do a big purge and clean, it seems more enticing, but I know I'm too self-aware to know that I couldn't do it. I can never handle it. It is, you know, I always thought like my whole life, I always imagined having like this, like I imagined being like married and having like kids by the time I was like 21. So and many like have that weird idea. A big, beautiful house with like a, a ton of extra bedrooms, like mm-hmm. in case all of my family that I don't really speak to wanted to come and spend the <laughs> night, you know? And like, like so much has changed. Stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, here I am at 28, no kids, not engaged, never been engaged, not married. Um, and I live in literally like 30 square feet. So, and in that vision, was it like a man that you were married to with all these babies? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I, much has changed. I didn't even grasp, like, I, I joke about this often because I think like a lot of people can relate, like growing up in like a, like a Christian environment, specifically mm-hmm. like very religious, very devout. Like I attended a private Christian school majority of my life. So I was always taught that people weren't born gay. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought that there was something really wrong with me. I yeah. never put two and two together that like what I was feeling and what made me different was the fact that I was gay. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, that's a choice is what I was taught. So yeah. like, and you're like I'm not that, choosing this. No, no, no. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. No, 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 no. You can't choose yeah. it, you know? So it was, um, yeah, it was always, I saw myself marrying a guy, um, you know, settling down, being like a housewife and because that was really all I knew. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what, you know, like my parents did. And so now here I am 28, a raging homosexual (laughs) with three dogs, three goats and six kittens. Really keeping it interesting. I really do find that like such a unique experience that I haven't experienced as a gay woman. Like, obviously I didn't have a lot of representation. I didn't know being gay was even a thing, but I didn't have that added element of like hearing that rhetoric around being gay and being like, it is a choice and it's a sin and you don't want this to happen. Like I just wasn't aware of it. So I, I, through this podcast, have had some really interesting conversations learning about how religion plays into that. And then how like refinding religion and not having it be a hindrance to accepting yourself. So we have so much to get into. (laughs) I know. But first, can I just say congratulations on your engagement? Thank you so much. Are you kidding? Like what in the Kim Kardashian was that (laughs) crap? Like 
I, I like I'm showing Christian I'm like babe like not to like uh, put you like on a, in like you know really high expectations but look at how Cammy proposed to Taryn that's <laughs> so weird because everyone's been saying like that was so grand and all of these things but I did not realize that it was kind of an over the top proposal, which I understand sounds insane, me saying this, but I didn't realize it until after I did it and we went up to celebrate with all of our friends and family and they were yeah. all like, dude, what the that fuck was, was that? Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I had an idea of things that Taryn would love and I just kept going. Like I just didn't, I was so stuck on trying to surprise her. Yeah. Nothing else mattered. Nothing like right. clicked until after right. even like proposing to her after I had this like wave of anxiety flow through me that I was like, I just proposed. Like, does she really want to marry me? Yeah, Did I'm she like, just say that? Cause she felt obligated. I was scared that she would think I was such a sociopath the way I lied to her for months. Like the right. web of lies. It was ridiculous. It's like, she's going to look at me and be like, you're insane. We can't do this. <laughs> She didn't. She was like so over the moon. He was impressed. And by the yeah. way, I would not say that the proposal was over the top by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, I think ahead. it was perfect for you guys. And I think that you know her better than anyone else. And like, obviously you knew exactly what would make the best surprise. And I think yeah. that that's awesome. Also, I like, I've followed you for like a super long time. And like, obviously we have, um, the connection via Elisa and mm -hmm. different things like that. Um, but I just don't ever remember like genuinely seeing you this happy. Like truly that is like I so sweet and cute to say, <laughs> no, Cammy, it's like every time you post, like my heart skips a beat because it's like, <laughs> you have the most genuine smile on your face. Like you're literally glowing both of you. And it's like, it's, it just seems like such a match. Like, I don't want to say a match made in heaven. It's like, that's a little <laughs> weird to say, but you know what I mean? Like it just yeah. seems perfect. And I'm super and happy for you. Thank you. And I feel that it's funny because I have spent a lot of time being like, people don't know people's lives through the internet. And I've gotten yeah. like very negative comments before of people thinking they know if I'm happy yeah. or not or whatever. Right. But it's been so interesting to see how many people have reached out and been like, I followed you for X amount of years and I don't personally know you, but you seem happier than you've ever been. And to yeah. feel that is like such a, it's like this symbiosis thing going on where I'm like, you guys feel yeah. it. I feel it. We're all feeling it, but thank you. Now let's all dance. Let's have a dance yes. party. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I have, have so many things I want to talk to you about. I like, feel like we're going to need part two, three, four, five, and six. So I we're going to, we're going to run into this. I do have to ask you the trivia question first, okay. which is, okay. it's such an odd question. I literally just pulled it off the internet right now. Okay. Um, but I, I thought animal themed was good for you. You're an animal yes. lover. So that's what I we went with. I love animals. I was also an animal planet kid. So like the well, animal facts that are stored in my brain. You might real. have this answer then. Okay. I do not, but you might. Okay. The question is which animal never sleeps? You're like, no, I don't have it. <laughs> I'm going to, like, I'm going to guess so something funny. in the water. Yeah. But like, you um, know, I like. I would like naturally I would want to say a whale, but then I thought about it. And like, have you ever seen the pictures of the whales sleeping, Cammy? No, no. Should I look this up? Oh, please look up whales sleeping right now. Your I mind is going am. to be blown. Wait, I'm, why am I scared? Well, it, it's unreal. It's not, sleeping. it's just mind boggling. I'm sorry, <laughs> what? 
See, like, why are they vertical? Like, what this. do they do? They look like they look like they're synchronized swimming and then just literally got stuck. Like, wait, what? I can't tell if that's cute or really terrifying. I don't. Maybe a little bit of both. What? Okay, so whale sleep. At least we're just. What are y'all what about doing? Fish? I feel like it has to be some obs- like an octopus like or something, a fish or some like a squid, maybe. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. I feel like, or it's um, gonna be something- some insect, and now I'm not gonna be able to sleep at night thinking like spiders don't sleep. Oh, you know, it sounds very on brand for spiders tonight. I sleep. know, right? Like, let's They're see always if you watching. Can be more disgusting, like, but actually, I. I- I don't really bother like bugs and spiders don't bother me. I grew up on 25 acres with like every kind of bug you can imagine. So like, I'm jealous. I'm not, I wish I wasn't scared by bugs, but frogs, frogs scare you. Really? What's scary about a frog? mm, I I like frog. I mean, I I grew up like catching Mm-hmm. Like I can't even talk about it. Can't even think no. about it. I'm gonna throw up. I will throw <laughs> up. Like what? something about them being very unpredictable that I don't trust them. Like, like the way they move, or you don't trust what they're thinking. Well, I don't. Okay, so it's like fr- toads aren't as bad as frogs for me because I okay. feel like toads have like a little more respect for me than frogs. <laughs> like if I see a toad and I'm like, you're kind of in my way, and like I make it known to the toad that I don't like that it's right there. I feel like it kind of like hops away. They mind Whereas their business. A frog, it's coming for you. I'm getting into my camper and a frog is on my camper door and I try and like move it out of the way. It will jump directly on my face. It, it is, is they my are camper so disrespectful. now. <laughs> they are so disrespectful and I do not trust them. And I've feared them since I was really little. Like I have like this weird like phobia of them because like my, my grandma used to have this big frog that was like, um, like a real frog? Like mo- it was no it was like a motion censored frog and but it was like fake and it was plastic but my mom who is a psycho would hide it and then she'd okay, like put terrifying. it in the refrigerator yeah she'd put it in the refrigerator and she'd be like taylor can you go get me like the coke and i'd be like okay and i was like three years old and i'd like open the refrigerator and there's this giant frog that would be like red it red it and it was like so you have frog and- trauma yeah. Okay. Mm, I've got that a lot of fair. trauma and it started with frogs. It's it so. all started with the frogs. Yeah. Well, damn, I'm so I I have no problem with frogs. Spiders, let's swap because I never this see frogs. Why, no, either. this is why we're supposed to be friends. Because yeah, we need to help each I'll other take out. Care of the spiders, you take care of the frogs. Oh my god, there was this massive cricket in our house last night. We had like we, we fell asleep on the couch. Our sliding door wasn't opening, it was broken. I went to turn the Christmas tree off. There's like this, I thought it was a roach at first, which was horrifying. Something about it being a cricket. Suddenly I wasn't scared. I don't know why it's like the same. Was thing. it a cricket or a grasshopper? It was a cricket. I looked it up. It's like these rare. They're not rare. I don't know why I said that. What is it called? It was like, um, it's a Jerusalem cricket. Oh, oh the ones that dig. I They, they dig. The, they have, they have, um, front feet. You yes, stop it. You're going to make the ground. Mm-mm. Now I, I'm going to be scared. I, told you I know a lot of animal facts. Yeah. Yeah. And if you were it to was... hold it in your hand like this, it would try and dig through your fingers with its little front feet. Like the mummy style, you know, the mummy yeah. when the, when the beetles mm-hmm. go into your skin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well now I'm horrified. Thank you. I'm burning my house down. As soon as <gasps> they are over. relatively harmless, but they're an, I read they can bite for sure. Yeah. But only if they they're can. provoked. Yeah. They're not like aggressive inherently, but if you piss them off, 
Like if you were to hold them in your hand and like trap them, it might bite you to try and get out. Yeah. I'm not going to be doing that. So I think we're good. I'm not touching that thing. It moves yeah. in. It pays right now. We're good. We're there you fine. go. Just give it the guest bedroom and call it a day. Exactly. Um, wait, where did the trivia question go? Okay. What, what's our final answer for this? I'm I going think- octopus. I think like squid, I feel like we're on the same page, like squid or octopus, maybe starfish. Oh, something uh, that's a to great. that effect. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like. I agree. Okay, What's let's see. Oh, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> Why? Shit. Is it a frog? It's a bullfrog. I'm so sorry. See, this is exactly why. Do you see? Do you understand? Do you see now? That could what not have been a word. What kind of sociopath doesn't sleep, Cammy? Riddle me that because there you go. That's okay, why I well, don't freaking like them or trust them. Yeah, I'm afraid of frogs now Ever? too. Oh, I Ever? guess not. I don't. So the problem You're is right? I don't have like facts backing this up. I just Google stuff on the internet mm-hmm. and add it to a file on my computer. Oh. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't fact check I have check so these. many questions. Yeah, and we're like, going to have to do some research. why only the bullfrog? Why not yeah. a tree frog? Right, like, huh? I don't know. The bullfrogs are busy. And bullfrogs are massive. Do you know how big bullfrogs can get? Yeah, those are the same here. Like when they're like long, like with their legs stretched out, like this long. Yeah. And they're just awake all the time waiting. I wonder what their lifespan is. How awful. That's what I was just wondering. I was like, that can't be very long if you're just awake all the time. You're never sleeping. You never. And how do they know that they don't sleep? And how do they know not to sleep? How do they not accidentally fall asleep? Can they not fall asleep? are they tired? Yeah, it like maybe it's against their religion. Yeah. That's probably it. <laughs> well, wow. I thought I picked a great trivia question for you and turns out it you was actually probably... kind of did because like that is the, probably one of the only animal facts I wouldn't know because I yeah. hate frogs. Yeah. So you well, kind of nailed it. Yeah. You got to learn your enemies. You got to know their weak spots, which right. apparently are none because they're awake. They have that. They're actually in, indestructible and yes. impenetrable. So <laughs> I apologize. I hope you can sleep okay tonight. <laughs> yeah, you know it's not a big deal. You just made my fear ten times worse. But yeah, not, that's what I'm here the for. End of the world. Perfect. <laughs> this is okay. A great start. <laughs> I know. I'm like, and moving on. Yeah. Um. So the other question I ask all my guests is, what is something you've changed your mind on in the last year? Big, small, um, silly, serious, anything. The size of the house that I want to live in, like settle down in, I think for sure. I always thought like, I grew up in like a 2,500 square foot house. And so Mm -hmm. I always thought like, yeah, like that's like a good size. Like that's reasonable. Now I'm like, I don't want to live in anything over 500 square feet ever in my life. (laughs) Like I'm good. Literally. You adjusted. Yeah. Unless I give birth to like triplets or like quintuplets when I, and I have to have a lot of space. Mm -hmm. I have no desire to live in anything big. And I think the cool thing is, is like after living in 30 square feet, 500 square feet is like a mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So it's yeah, like, that, it's all perspective. Yeah. I'm stoked. But I would say that's like a big thing over the last year that I've changed my opinion yeah. on. Yeah. Do you sure. think you would have, you would have kids in a camper and just bop around no, little I family? No, I think I want to. I think I want to have like an actual like set place. Like I want to have a home base. That's yeah. not my parents' place. Like mm-hmm. Christian and I really have wanted to like buy a piece of land um, somewhere in like the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina um, mm-hmm. around like the Asheville area. I have like a really big connection to Asheville. So I would love to like 
spend some time or have like a home base there. Um, but I'd also like to have like a home base back in Florida where Christian and I are originally from Mm -hmm. so that when we're in town visiting family, we have a place to stay too. But I definitely think like the camper's staying. It's not like a temporary thing where we're going to like sell it or anything. I think it'll be also, you will probably see like moths flying around me because like the amount of (laughs) bugs that get in this camper just from where we are is insane. Um, like a Loki, my worst nightmare. But it looks oh, yeah. great. <laughs> we had one that was like this big yesterday that was outside of us. And I was like sick. Mm-hmm. But um, and yeah, being in I, Florida, it's just you're asking for it. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst place on the planet for frogs. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? Shut up. I hate it. <laughs> That's why I don't really want to live here because of the frogs. I would rather live somewhere that doesn't have frogs. That's my go. one stipulation. Yeah, in life. that's fair. But um, yeah, I think that, you know, I don't necessarily want to go out on like we couldn't have kids in this camper it's too small there's really nowhere for us to even fit hardly our three dogs much less (laughs) kids so yeah we would have to upgrade but I think that this is something that like this camper specifically will be it'll stay in the family like Mm -hmm. I like the idea of it being our literal first home together and I love that I just think we will keep it as like an heirloom type Mm -hmm. thing and then pass it on to future children and just kind of yeah, I think it'll, it'll stay around, but I think when it comes to traveling with kids, we'll have to get a little bit bigger one. Yeah. Yeah. That one will be your, your solo, like date trips without, without the whole family. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. And even maybe turn it into like a little office or something. Once we have like home base. That's a door. I love that. Yeah. That would be perfect. So I want to talk about your start on the internet. However, before we talk about all that, I just had an epiphany and realized as I was researching you before the podcast that that viral Taco Bell commercial, not commercial, that video was you. I had no idea. I don't even know what the hell I Googled to get to this, but I remember the video and I don't know if everyone listening remembers the video I'm talking about. What year was this from? I think it was 2014. God. Yeah. So long, long time ago. Was it, what was it? Vine? It actually was on the, it was on Twitter. How and did I see this? Like I'm not even like a Twitter viral girl everywhere. Yeah. So the weird thing, it was like super weird. And it's funny that you brought it up because that is how I got my start on social media. Really? So I literally had, that was like yeah, the kickoff. I, that was it. Like, will I'm you explain the video really quickly for everybody yeah. who didn't see it? <laughs> such a weird I mean, because like people always like well ask me like well oh like how do you have like followers and stuff and I'm like have you ever seen the video of the girl <laughs> and she goes to Taco Bell and she asks the drive through worker if she wants to have a sleepover and like people actually like and they're like yes know what I'm talking about of course about. I do um but yeah that was what it was and I actually had had a long night the night before and we, I like stay, I was like super hungover and I woke up late and I was like, oh my gosh, like I think Taco Bell sells breakfast now. And so I went through the Taco Bell drive through and I ordered breakfast, super hungover. And when I got to the front, the girl that would, that took my order and took my payment, she complimented my nail polish. And I had like this mood changing polish at the time. So it like changed colors and we like <laughs> talked about it for a little bit. And then I went back home and, um, I was like trying to make plans with my friends all day and like everyone was busy so like I jokingly tweeted to my 300 followers that <laughs> I I was like all right that's it guys I'm going to talk about and I'm about to ask that girl that complimented my nail polish this morning if she wants to have a sleepover you're like five old friends my, only new friends I, like I had right I had like two <laughs> friends that were like you won't 
you won't. And I was like, bet. So I just got in my car and drove to Taco Bell. Like, oh my just, God. I actually wanted Taco Bell again. So it's the yeah. second trip of the <laughs> day. It was just my me. excuse. This, yeah. And I pull up and I was like, hi. And she like answered, she's like, hi, welcome to Taco Bell. I can help you. And I was like, hi, were you working earlier by chance? And she's like, um, yeah, I was. And I was like, okay. Um, I came by and I ordered a BP five layer burrito with no sour cream. Um, and I think you complimented my nail polish. And I was just wondering if you wanted to have a sleepover tonight. And she's like, she, you hear her voice, like kind of like raise a few octaves. And she's mm-hmm. like, a what? And I was like, a sleepover. And she's like, a sleepover. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. She sounds excited. She was so excited. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, uh, can you pull around? And so then I pull around and, and we chatted for a bit. And, um, but yeah, so that was, I filmed myself going through it just to like prove to my 300 Twitter followers that I did it. And I fully thought it was fake. I was like, that's yeah, your friend no, working there, but no. it's hysterical. Yeah. And I almost got arrested. It's actually crazy. <gasps> a lot of people don't know the full story what? because of that. <laughs> yeah. So <gasps> I, So I posted the video on Twitter and Mm -hmm. it got like a hundred likes and like Mm -hmm. 20 retweets. And I like, that was a big deal for me at the time. I was like, whoa, boss, like, look at me. I mean, that was a big deal for a lot of people at the time. Yeah. Like things didn't go viral as easily back then either. Oh, no, 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 no. And, And so I was like, wow, like, that's really cool. Never really thought anything else of it. And then like two weeks later, my cousin texted me and I didn't have a Facebook account at the time. Um, I had deleted my Facebook and she was like, Hey girl, um, wasn't just wanted to let you know, like there's this video of you going viral on Facebook. And I was like, Uh Oh, what? I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like racking my brain. I'm like, what video of me who has posted a video? I'm like freaking out. And somebody like one of those, you know, how there's those like big mm-hmm. Facebook accounts that like always share everyone's videos and everything like that. And yeah. then profit off of everyone. Anyway, Naturally. one of those accounts had uh, like saved my video off of Twitter and reposted it on their Facebook without giving me any credit or anything. Of course. And with the caption, this is how all girls should make friends. Mm-hmm. And so that video ended up getting like 70 million hits. And then from there, it was just a trickle effect of like all these other accounts started posting it. And I remember going to sleep with like 700 followers on Instagram and waking up with 23,000 followers and being like. So people were finding you, even though all these accounts weren't crediting you, people somehow stopped you and found you. I think there was like a few of like my friends and stuff that like Mm -hmm. had found the videos and they would like go through the comments and anybody that was like, Oh my gosh, who is this? They would like write my username on it. So I think Mm -hmm. a few people found me like that. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I kind of started making more videos and, you know, things here and there. And it just, I kind of like stuck with it for a little bit and it, it took off, but yeah, that was the first, uh, the, the very first official video. Wait, two big follow-up questions. One, did the sleepover happen? Okay, this is a question I get all the time. (laughs) Um, So it would have happened. She was totally down for it. Unfortunately, (laughs) she worked a double that day. So she didn't get off until like after midnight. And I'm like, yeah, it's just like not really a sleepover anymore at that point. You know, like I didn't, I don't know. It would just have been weird to like, her to get off a stranger comes over at midnight comes over at midnight and I lived I was actually at the time I was renting a studio apartment that was on someone else's property 
So like they would have had to like come on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just was weird. And I was like, yeah, it's probably not going to work. Oh, the arrest, the almost getting arrested. That was the other follow-up question. (laughs) How did we get sidetracked? So when it went viral and I figured out and I was like, oh my gosh, like this girl, I need to like tell her that we went viral. You know, the girl that I asked to have the sleepover. Yeah. So I roll up to Taco Bell. Right. And I'm like, you didn't have her phone number. No, I, I, I didn't. I would go back I through and I have to go to talk her, about like, regularly. Like mm-hmm. I, I like, she was always working when I would go through. So we had like that type of like relationship, yeah. but not anything beyond that. Yeah. And, um, I pulled up and I, she wasn't working, but her sister was working. And I was like, Hey, um, I'm trying to get a hold of your sister. I, like I filmed a video and she was in it and, um, it's gone like crazy viral. And I'd love to like do a follow-up video with her. And so her sister was in the process of like giving me her contact information and the manager shows up and like comes up to me and he, and she came up like very aggressively. And Mm -hmm. I was like explaining and she was like, so you're telling me you filmed on this property without permission because that's illegal and I can have you arrested. But you didn't show the property. It was just you in the car, right? But I didn't know like the stipulations on like what I could and couldn't do. And so I believed fully what she said. And I was Mm -hmm. like, um, I I mean, I like explained her. I was like, I didn't like film like you're like in here. Like it was just basically like me in my car. She was like, it doesn't matter. You don't have uh, permission to like film on, on our property. And She's like, got on the phone and started calling the police. Oh my God. Cammy, I didn't know what to do. So I just turned around and ran out. I just ran. <laughs> I literally ran. Like, have you ever been back to the Taco Bell? Y- yes, but it oh, was impressive. after like three and a half years. And they have like your picture under- in the office of like, do not <laughs> let this. Girl. Right. Absolutely not. <laughs> off limits. Cut her off. No BP5 layer. Or no, they like wrote, they're like, put sour cream on her BB5 layer burrito. She hates it. <laughs> XOXO. Um, but I, so weirdly enough, like I have not spoken to the girl since all that happened. And like, reunion. I, it's, it's always been my dream to like link up with her and like film have another video her. with her. But like, I feel like I need to do like a social media campaign where like we find her. Cause Dude, I do have TikTok and five minutes video. later, you will have know, her like I that. Know. I know I should do that because there is a second part to that video where it does show her face. So I know what she looks, I can like post what she looks like if I wanted to, but she was really sweet and it was a really cool video. And it was just like a cool moment where we were just like, there was no like rivalry. There was no like nothing weird. Like we were just like two girls that were like super happy to like potentially be friends, which that is so sweet. It's just so yeah. nice, like starting from just like her giving you a compliment, which is something yeah. I'm trying to get better at. If you think something nice, say something nice because right, right. people definitely think mean and always say the mean. Right. So I feel like it, like that was so sweet in general. And the fact that you drove all the way back after getting home, eating your beefy five layer burrito. Right. And then you're like, let's hang. It's yeah, so I wholesome. Mean, like, I have always kind of been the same type of person to like, if I see something that like, I like about somebody, like I will be quick to say it. Like I compliment people all the time. And so I think that that doesn't happen that often to me. So like when yeah. it did happen, I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is something I can like, you know, I, I like this girl and we should be friends because 
I can see us going to the mall and just finding people to compliment and just walking around and not even shopping, just telling people how awesome they look all the time. We need to get you two reunited because I just think Seriously. that would be beautiful. I think so too. Yeah, it'll happen. Well, I feel like it'll happen. Well, this is going to be the spur of it. Watch. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the spur. Everybody's going to be on it after this airs. So Taco like, okay, Bell girl, if you're girl. listening. Right show yourself. <laughs> if you are listening, please, if you are a fan of Camden, please reach out. Well, you know, side. that would make sense because she could be a bit gay for her yeah, to be maybe. so kind. Maybe. You never, you never know. I kind of do hope other... she is just a nice straight girl. Right, right. That was the other narrative that people spun for a really long time was yeah. that they made like their own fanfic, which... <laughs> I don't know. I got, I was like in a relationship uh, mm. for like four years and everybody made up this rumor that the girl I was dating was the girl from the Taco Bell drive-thru. <laughs> and I told people like over and adorable. over again that it wasn't her and that we didn't meet that way. But like, I would get comments on my pictures all the time. I'm like, what a love story. Wow. <laughs> so people crazy just want to believe you two found each other. I'm like, okay, well. That would be sweet. But unfortunately it, it would was- be. Not, not the case. <laughs> no. However, you did end up going viral a second time. I don't know if that's a weird thing to say, but you have a knack for going viral. I think it's so funny <laughs> as like social media influencers, people who don't get it are always like, what's it take to make a viral video? And it's yeah. like, that's not really how it works. But exactly. You kind of have figured out some secret formula because you've managed to do it not once, but twice, <laughs> at least that I even I- know of. Maybe there's more. Yeah, I've gone, I mean, I've gone viral quite a few times and it's always like super random. And mm-hmm. like, I just kind of have a unique sense of humor and like things that I would never think anyone would find funny, everybody finds funny. Like mm-hmm. I remember one time I had a crazy viral video and it was like, the literal video was me <laughs> in my car in a, a Harris Teeter parking lot in North Carolina waiting to go inside. And the video was, I'm recording myself and I'm like, guys, this is so weird. Like I literally always run into celebrities. I don't know how I get so lucky to always run into these famous people. And I like turn my phone and it's like this old like truck next to me. And I was like, guys, it's, it's Mater from cars. It's Tomater. How freaking crazy is that? Like, and how like, did I get so lucky? People went crazy. Over that is that video. so And I'm funny. like. I was being such a dweeb, but I'm glad that like everybody got it. But it yeah, like, like I found that, my people. Like, yeah, like I don't, I don't know why, but sometimes I'm funny. I would say <laughs> I'm mildly funny because like it, I, I really don't try a lot of times, but a lot of things I say, people think you're funny, and I, I'm not complaining about that because that's a nice trait to have. So, well, I think you're just like not like scared or ashamed to just share yourself, and that's yeah. the stuff that people relate to. Like people don't really relate to people trying to be funny right. like you're just having silly things pop in your head that you're like Mm-mm, that, would, yeah. that would be good and then you actually are doing it even like the taco bell thing the fact that that was not like a skit that you organized and yeah. planned it was just you living your life and doing it i think it's more relatable than a lot of yeah. comedy that typically right. goes viral and does stuff so i think that's right. why you found this like very authentic niche right and i and i do like i've always like my whole life, like I've always wanted to be an actress, like 
playing different characters and like coming up with these characters in my mind. And I remember I used to like get with my friends and I'd be like, okay guys, we're doing this music video today. Like seriously <laughs> be on your A game. Like we're filming a music video. And I'm like, it's going to be to Tim. It's going to be a Tim McGraw song. <laughs> and, and this is the one we're doing. Make sure you wear your white t-shirt. And like, I've always had like this weird, like I have like an idea in my head and I have to like bring it to life. And like, yeah. that doesn't matter if it's like me on my own or me with other people, like and then I had like my character, Karen, that people didn't even know was me, but that went viral. They didn't too. know it was you? Just, oh no, a lot of people still don't. Oh my God. Well, yeah. that's on the bag now. <laughs> they think I'm like, a, they think Karen's like a 40 year old middle-aged Southern mom. Wait, like, that is so I don't know so if I'd be offended funny. by that or not. But no, no, embrace it. Embrace it. Be. <laughs> no, that's a compliment to your acting skills that you can get into character. So. Yeah. I hope so. That's how and I'm going to look at it. Yeah, all of that. And it's like the same thing, like even with my characters, because it's all just improv. Like I don't mm-hmm. do scripts and I don't like, unless I'm talking about a topic that is very sensitive mm-hmm. and I'm making a kind of proactive video where I'm discussing something that needs a little sensitivity and needs a little research, then yeah. I do, you know, prepare for those types of things and those types of deliveries. But like, otherwise it's all improv. That's kind yeah. of how I, I create my best, my best content. So yeah. Did you have a thought of like wanting to create an online career for yourself before you had the Taco Bell video go viral and all of that? Was that a plan at all for you or was it just creative outlet sharing stuff and it happened to do well? I wanted to be an actress. That was Mm -hmm. kind of like the goal that I was going for. Um, But I've always been super exuberant and like, um, I'm going to close this because it's like overexposing my face, I feel like. (laughs) The lighting has like just changed out of nowhere. And so it's like camper life, man. Got to work with nature. Look at that. There we go. There's that Um, face. (laughs) So I, like I said, always kind of wanted to be an actress. That was always like my dream. Like I remember my nickname in high school was Hollywood. Like I just was very much like into theater, into like any type of like acting, any type of role. Like I was fully, you know, immersed in it. Mm-hmm. I did not grow up in the social media era. And yeah. I think that that's almost kind of one of the most interesting things about me. Like I had dial up internet until I was like 17, 18, you know, <laughs> like I, I didn't spend a lot of time online. I was never into like, I know a lot of people like grew up like watching YouTubers mm-hmm. and like, you know, like even like you back in the day, whenever that was, you know, like <laughs> you kind of really got your start doing like the whole YouTube thing. And I was never into any of that. I never really had social media. Um, none of my family has social media. So mm-hmm. like my, my parents, they don't even have Facebook. So I never really had like an understanding of the potential that social media held. And now it's my career, which is mm-hmm. crazy because try explaining that to your family mm-hmm. who doesn't even have Facebook. Like, and wait, they you do don't, what? You make money like, you this? sit home all day. You do, you don't, where's your nine to five? Like we have our family business. You can work there and literally like, you know, like, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't, I'm never going to be that person. I'm never going to be the person I've tried that. Like I, I've tried the, you know, the nine to five, the sitting behind the desk, the full-time nanny I've tried it all. And it's not that I'm not good at certain things like that. It's that that's not my passion and it never yeah. will be. You need so, to be more creative and have that yeah. outlet. Right. And just being able to create. And I love that now this is really the first like year of my life that I've really like 
taken on social media as a full-time like job and mm-hmm. not had a part-time job on the side. Yeah. Um, so this is really the first time that I've like, you know, grown up and been like, I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but I'm going to try it out. And it's been really, really rewarding. You know, like I've, my mom said to me the other day, which my parents aren't super positive about like what I do for a living. They don't understand it. And yeah, I come from a family that's very conservative and has vastly different beliefs than I have. So we don't see eye to eye on a lot, but my mom said to me the other day, she was like, you know, Taylor, your grandparents are getting older. And I really feel like you have this time and space in your life right now, because you're supposed to be spending this time with them. And like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. And if I didn't have this job and I wasn't blessed by all the amazing people that support me, I wouldn't be able to live the life that I'm living. So I, I'm just like super grateful every day. Cause I know not everybody's able to do this. And I know a lot of people dream about doing what I do. So yeah. super blessed for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And I think life took you on this very specific path and it has yeah. all kind of lined up. Do you think you will pursue more traditional acting as well? Or are you just finding so much joy and passion and being able to create what you want to create. I feel like lately, a lot of people are kind of going away from traditional avenues and finding joy in making it from the, writing it, acting in it, editing it, doing it all. Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. I've always seen myself, um, you know, pursuing like actual professional acting and doing like the whole set life and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. however, I think that we're, we're hitting a point where, a lot of that is fading Mm -hmm. and this new era is very much, um, people creating content, like even the commercials that you see a lot on TV, it's like people have filmed them themselves Mm -hmm. in their house, you know, and then sent in the footage and then all the footage was edited together by an editor. And so the way that we, you know, produce things is, is changing so much. And I don't necessarily see myself like being, um, like a full-time actor, first of all, I don't see myself living in a big city. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of where it, the disconnect comes. Mm-hmm. I thought I wanted that. I lived in LA, moved to LA two months before COVID lockdown, and then was in LA the entire, like for six months, just completely locked down. Um, and rough time. <laughs> I, I learned really quickly that like, Hey, I don't really think the big city life is for me. Like COVID aside, like I'm a farm girl. And no matter how much I try and pretend like I'm not like, I'm a farm girl. I love Mm -hmm. animals. I like being in wide open spaces with lots of land. And this is really who I am at my core. And so when I think of like a career in acting, I think that I would have to commit to some sort of city life, which Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I could do, but I do love the idea of like being on set and, um, even like filming the reality house, like. I'm so close with like the, the crew mm-hmm. even more so than like the cast. And like, I, there would be so many times I'd be like, Taylor, can we get you like on camera? Cause like, I'm sitting in the back, like with the sound guy, cracking like, jokes. you like, got to stop. Isn't your, <laughs> this isn't your squad. Like you're literally on the show. You signed a contract. Can you please get in front of the camera. And I'm like, ah. so I do like that aspect of like, kind of like the onset life. I, yeah. I Having like that bringing team. life. Yeah. I like bringing life to like uh, a set and like bringing my, my personality and like making people feel like empowered and excited. And like, I love being around people in that aspect, but I just don't think I could ever really live in like a big city. But if anybody wants to come and film a movie 
like on this property, I will star in it. <laughs> like, I'll I will stay here. I'll do the best job ever. Come to me. That's fine. But that could I be a massive listen. possibility. I mean, especially with how things have changed with COVID yeah. and people moving out of big cities. I think yeah. there's, I mean, obviously self tapes have always been a thing, but right. I feel like it's more moving towards that where you don't necessarily have to go in as much for auditions. If you do yep. you can pop over to LA or New York or wherever that is for just the audition exactly. and then leave. And then so many things are filmed in like Canada, Atlanta, yeah. Pennsylvania that you can Miami keep your farm even, life. which isn't yeah. far from me. So, yeah. So but yeah. possibilities are endless. They are, you know, I, I, I never, you know what they, it's a wise man once told me never say never. And that wise man was Justin Bieber. So, you know, you just never really know what life's going to throw at you. You got to keep your options open. Exactly. That's probably what I'll do. Perfect. Um, I want to hear a little bit more about your coming out story. Um, I know, as you already mentioned, you and your family don't see eye to eye on a lot of subjects. So I'd love to hear about how that process was for you. I know that you were outed a bit earlier than you would have hoped. Um, What was that like for you? And how do you think things have changed over the past few years since being out? Um, I coming out or I should say being outed was probably one of the most traumatic things I've ever been through in my life. Um, Besides frogs. Damn it, you're walking on thin ice, okay? (laughs) Walking on thin ice, all right? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Like the fifth frog comment, I'm tired of it, okay? You teed me up for it, sorry. Coming back back into the actual conversation, (laughs) um, I kind of, like I said earlier, never really opened up myself to the idea of being gay because Mm -hmm. I was always taught, like, I remember, I have a very distinct memory of being really excited to see the movie Big Daddy with Adam Sandler and the Sprouse twins. Yes. Do you remember that movie where I love that one? Yeah. So I remember being so excited and begging my grandma to take me to the movie theater to see it because it was in theaters. And I remember being in like the maybe second or third grade. And we went into the movie theater theater, and we sat down. And then in the very opening scene of that movie, I don't know if you remember this, but two men kiss. There's two oh, yeah, the best, in, the best friend. Yeah. 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 In the, in the beginning of the scene. And I remember very vividly my grandma just right as soon as the movie started, I was so excited. And I remember her grabbing me by the arm, picking me up out of the seat and removing me from the movie theater when wow. that happened. So when you're raised with that type of um, deterrent around mm-hmm homosexuality and you're raised to to believe that god does not make people gay and that people choose to be gay and that by making that choice you will never make it into heaven and that you know god essentially you're a disgrace to god because you are gay when you grew up with like all of those really strong opinions and the people that you love and admire are the ones that are telling you these things so you trust Mm -hmm. these people naturally you trust your parents you trust your grandparents you trust your teachers, um, you trust your administrators, you know, you trust your, your pastor, you trust all of these older people in your life and you're expecting them to guide you. And then they present you with all of these ideas that make you hate yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, to put it lightly, that's, yeah. that's exactly what it was. And, um, I remember, like I said, not really opening up myself to the idea of being gay. I, I used to try and force myself to be comfortable around guys. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember like 
this boy in high school, he was like the captain of the football team. And I remember him asking me to homecoming and like, whereas like most girls, if they, in my, in my class, if they would have been asked by him, like would have like lost it, like been so excited. Mm -hmm. And I remember just feeling like my heart had been pulled out of my chest and like ripped in half and thrown on the ground and stomped on. Like that's Mm -hmm. how scared and like terrified I was to even think about being alone in like a potentially intimate moment with a guy Mm -hmm. because I just did not like kissing a guy like oh my gosh like even now like I have a lump in my throat like thinking about it just made me so uncomfortable and um yeah but I think the fear came from having those potentially intimate moments with a man or it being a moment that would force you to kind of look at accepting that you were not attracted to men. Cause I think I had similar feelings and I've never really asked myself that question. That is a really good question. I'm glad that you asked it. Um, for me, it wasn't, it was like, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Cause I still, Kimmy had not even thought like, Oh, like you're gay. Like never even a thought in my mind. Like Mm -hmm. I thought I was broken. Like I thought there was physically something wrong with me internally, mentally, physically that made me feel this way. And I felt drastically outcasted from other girls my age. And Mm -hmm. I never really let that show. But like looking back, I tried so hard to overcompensate for certain things because I was afraid that they were going to be like, what, what the hell is wrong with you, Taylor? Mm -hmm. Like captain of the football team just asked you to the dance. Why are you crying in the bathroom? Yeah. It's Uh, not, and they're not, they're not excited tears. You mm -hmm. know, they're, you look like you're terrified. And because I was like, yeah, I remember being in high school and my mom, we were on our way back from something. um, And it was like a long drive in the car with my mom. And I remember her saying to me, because I had told her that I wasn't talking. I would always have a reason. It's like, oh, where's where's Devin at? I haven't heard about Devin in a while. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, uh, huh. That guy, we Mm -hmm. went out to eat and he ordered his steak. Well done. Ew, gross. Can't talk to him again. (laughs) And my mom's like, what the, like, she's picky. She's and she's like, Oh, well, what about like, uh, Adam? And I'm like, Oh, he, when he texts me, he uses the wrong form of there so many times. I can't deal with it. Mom. I can't. (laughs) So finally she says, she's like, Taylor, she's like, Taylor, like, there's nothing you could ever do that would make me like not love you. So like, Mm. it doesn't matter who you love. Like, I'm still going to love you. She kind of like made this like hinting conversation with me. I remember I was probably like 17, 18. And I was like, Oh mom, you're so gross. Shut up. Like stop being weird. Like, ew. But then like (laughs) my heart was like burning because I'm like, Oh, like hmm." that's like, I've never really thought about it, but like now I'm thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And then the first person I came out to was my sister actually. And she was in fifth grade, no, sixth grade at the time. And And what did she say? Like growing up in that same environment as you and probably not having exposure to any gay people either. Ever. I think I took her to sushi and I, we like sat down and I remember being like, so like anxious to like tell her and me being just like, Hey, I have to tell you something. And she's like, huh? And I'm like, I have like a, I, this is how I said it. I said, I have a girlfriend and like, we are like, we're dating. And she's like, like you kiss on the lips. And I was like, yes. Um, I was like, but like, I don't, she's like, so are you, she said, what did she say? 
so are you lesbian? She didn't say, are you a lesbian? So are you lesbian? And I was like, no, I don't like, I don't think I'm a lesbian. I just think like, I like this girl. Cause mm-hmm. I had never like connected. This was my first girl that I had, you know, been connected with and been intimate with. And so at that point, I genuinely didn't know if it was just like, you know, I was bi or yeah. if I am she like, was an exception. Like, right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, no, like, I don't really know. And my sister literally was just like, cool. And then we ate sushi and it was like, just a non-event for her. Yeah. It was like, she didn't care. And like, she knew who I was as her big mm-hmm. sister. And like that never changed. Like she never looked at me differently because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And I'm glad that she was the person that I came out to first because I definitely wouldn't have been that way with my parents. So yeah. it was, it was a good, it was a good situation. Um, and then I, this is the stupid iCloud story. Screw you, iCloud. <laughs> I was out Technology. in my iCloud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, at the time, like, remember my parents have never had any form of social media. So even like getting like an iPad or like an iPod was like, whoa, mm-hmm. they didn't know how to use it. And I had had an iPod and an iPad for a long time. And so I had an app, Apple ID. So my mom was like, well, I don't have one. Can I just use yours? And I didn't really know how it worked at the time. So I was like, yeah, sure. And I'm getting nauseous. At, <laughs> yeah. I was away at college and I was in a long distance relationship mm-hmm. at the time. And so, I mean, you know what goes on in those long distance relationships. <laughs> and so pictures oh. were sent to oh. my girlfriend at the time. No, and no, 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 no. I get a call. I get a call from my mom and I'm still like, I mean, the call was literally like a minute after I sent the pictures, but I did not put two and two together. Yeah. And I answer the call. I'm like, Hey mom. And she's like, Taylor, she has like this sound in her voice. And I'm like, my heart sinks. Cause I'm like, why does she sound like that? And she was like, this is literally what she said. She goes, I wiped your ass for two years of your life. And I know what it looks like. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. But your mom's funny. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh my God. So everything that I was trying to send to my girlfriend at the time, I sent to my mom. No. My mom saw it all Mm. and read the text messages. So she obviously knew. Yeah. And so that's how my parents found out that I was gay. And um, it was super traumatic. I was down in Miami at the time, two and a half hours away from my hometown. Mm-hmm. And I was right by myself. And I remember my aunt calling me and like, she was like my saving grace. She's like always been like a second mom to me. And she just called me and she's like, you know, they don't understand and they're having a hard time, but like, just know that like, I love you. And there's nothing you, the person you are will never change to me. And she was just like super, super uplifting and great, which was really great. And, but I like have never really been able to talk with my family because they're Mm -hmm. very aggressive and usually conversations end up in yelling. So Mm -hmm. if I ever need to get a point across, instead of going to them to talk about it, I'll write a letter. And I remember writing my mom a letter and being like, I'm still the same like kid. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm literally like, I have the same heart that I've always had. Like, yeah, you recognize my butt, recognize my soul. Nothing's changed. Exactly who I am. Like, I'm still your daughter. I'm still the person that you raised. And like, it was just like a super traumatic thing. And it got to where my parents 
told me they were putting a tracking device in my car. And if I went and visited my girlfriend at the time, they were going to take my vehicle away. And it was my only means of transportation. And so it was really ugly and really rocky um, for quite a while. And I think that one of their biggest concerns was it, word getting around. And then my parent, my grandparents finding out through the grapevine rather mm. than hearing it directly from me. Yeah. So they thought that the best bet would be to force me to come out to my grandparents um, so that they they heard it from me and not from an outside source. Um, I get their which, intention in that. Right. But, right. but that wasn't, were, I wasn't ready. I mean, you were already thrown out to so many people. You, yeah. you were still probably in a place where you were trying to accept yourself, which yeah. I think it is extremely difficult to come out to anyone until you've properly come out to yourself. Yeah. And that's hard in itself. I struggled with that coming from a non-religious family. And I can't imagine the turmoil you were dealing with. And then to be traumatically thrown out, like no one wants their parents to see risque pictures of them. And then to have that big coming out on top of that and then be like, okay, now go talk to your grandparents. I cannot fathom that. I'm so sorry that that was your experience. Yeah. You know, and I think that we all go through things in life to like teach us and help us grow so that we can mm-hmm. use our voices to impact others and like, you know, remind people, Hey, like you're not alone. Cause I know I'm not yeah. the only person that's gone through this. And I know yeah. that there are people out there that think like, Oh my gosh, I was forced to come out to, you know, my family and this and that. And like, no, nobody goes through this, but like, yeah, I did. And like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I did it. I, I remember my parents driving to my house and picking me up in their car as if I was a third grader going to yeah. her first day of school. Mm putting me and I sat in the back seat with my letter in my hand and I was like 24 25 years old at the time mm-hmm. and I remember like holding my letter and like shaking and I remember like I folded it up a few different times because like I I don't know like just like the nervousness of it like I kept folding the letter so then when he got into my grandparents house the letter was like this big and I had to like <laughs> unfold it like 73,000 like times just to read it <laughs> and it's like all creased up and all the words are like oh. merging together so I, I could barely read it and I was crying and Um, I cried and I read the letter and, um, they, you could tell that they were hurt by it, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. they weren't awful. They weren't like, we're never talking to you again. Like, don't come around us. They were like, we love you no matter what. Um, and then it was more like kind of subtle things from there on Mm -hmm. out. Like my grandma gave me, uh, gave all of her granddaughters a necklace that was a prayer box for Christmas that year. And in my prayer box, she had written um, that Taylor will find a godly husband. That was what my prayer box had been. So it was more subtle, subtle things like that to kind of. They still loved you, but were actively hoping you would change. Change. Air quotes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but at the same time, my grandma's my best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a really interesting topic to discuss because I know it's so different for everybody. Like mm-hmm. I have friends, you know, that family up and completely turned their back on them and yeah. are awful to them and treat them horribly. And like, I'm so blessed that I do have a family that still, you know, like loves me. And although they make like comments here and there that hurt me, they do still love me and mm-hmm. they welcome me into their home, you know? Yeah. And I learned a long time ago that Kimmy, it would be so easy for me to get up and move halfway across the country and never talk to any of them again. I could do yeah. it. I have the and a lot of people would. Right. But 
I realized that I am the only exposure they have Mm -hmm. to anyone that is different than them. They hang out with people who believe the same things they do. They surround themselves with people who have the same beliefs, the same ideals that have the same political views that have the same, you know, religious views, everything. That's what they surround themselves with. And that's not going to change. So the only thing that can really change and the only, you know, chance they have to learn a different perspective and see a different side is through me Yeah, because I'm their daughter and they can't just, you know, I'm there, I'm in their face. I'm, I'm showing them love. I'm reminding them when I hear things like, "Mm, I don't like that. Here's why I don't like that. But unless I'm here, they never have, you know, interaction with a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that by remaining in my family's life, which I want to say now, I understand that not everybody has this privilege. Not everybody has the privilege of staying in their family's life because a lot of people deal with a lot of abuse that I do not deal with. Mm-hmm. But for my experience and for my situation, my family has grown leaps and bounds just by maintaining my presence in their life mm-hmm. and by having those conversations that are tough and uncomfortable and by forcing them to face these parts of themselves that are kind of ugly, but doing that with love and gentleness, which I was never shown as a child. I was never shown gentleness as a child. It was always yelling intensity, you know, animosity grudges. Like I was never taught gentleness and like kindness and like how to have like loving conversations with people that you genuinely care about and you want to just help them understand. So that I will say has been such a blessing in itself, just through my experience of self-discovery, being able to expose my family to that and see like, I still have the same heart, still Mm -hmm. the same person. You know, I still have all the same passions. I just love someone who has this is the same sex as me, mm-hmm. you know, like that's what literally could be wrong with the that? only different thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's so courageous of you and brave and commendable. And I'm, I'm so glad that you allowed that time and that space and those conversations to help get your family to a better place and to help them see that you're no different. But as right. you mentioned, not everyone does that. Not everyone has the space to do that. I think a lot of people, even in the queer community, we are like, it's fine. If you're not accepted, go to your chosen family. Do you have any advice for people who are coming out and it maybe doesn't go so great at first, how to set boundaries, but also have those conversations with their loved ones to maintain those relationships? Because I feel like that's a part of coming out. We don't talk enough about it's like, if it goes great, great. If it goes bad, that's okay. You don't need those people, but sometimes we do need our family. Sometimes we want our family. And like you said, we can be the ones to make that change and make them better for our younger siblings or cousins who might come out or their friends, kids who might come out and they give better advice. But how did you navigate that, especially early on to get to this place? Um, I, I will be honest. I, I created distance for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that there's anything wrong with creating distance and removing yourself enough from an environment to figure out what it is you need from that environment. Mm. Because when I was immersed in like underneath it, I couldn't even look into myself to figure out 
what I needed, much less like how I could help these people, you know, like, I, I feel like, you know, it's really easy to get caught up in like the idea that like, oh, like these people need to help. And like, I need to fix them and I need to show them what is right. And like, it's, it's really not about that at the end of the day, like you need to get right with yourself and figure out exactly who you are, because until it's like you said earlier, until you figure out truly who you are at your core, you're not ever going to be able to get somebody else to understand you because you don't even understand yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're trying to make all these people understand who you are. And you're like, I don't even know who I am. (laughs) Like, I literally don't know who I am. And I mean, I'm still figuring it out at 28 years old. And so I think that it's important to understand that there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's Mm -hmm. your way. And that is the only thing that matters. And there are going to be times when you can't be around your family and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that may be times when you pour yourself into your chosen family or the people that, you know, you know, don't judge you and don't, you know, look down on you because of who you are, who you love. But I do think that there is a lot to be gained from having a healthy boundary with your family where you can be yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have this, if this is, is, this is an option for you, which I understand it is not for everybody. Um, but if there is a way where you can remain somewhat present in your family's life and, and show them a different perspective from the standpoint of love, instead of trying, a lot of people feel like, like specifically with my family, I was trying to change that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were trying to change me. So yeah. then you have two people, two different sides that think the other's trying to change them. And it's like, we're not actually trying to change each other. We want each other to understand our perspective. Yeah. And I learned that it was, I couldn't sit there and say, you guys need to understand what I'm saying. And you need to hear my perspective and like my perspective matters and this and that without also turning an ear to their perspective. Mm-hmm. Even if that was hard to hear, you know, because I can't truly, I can't really give them my perspective without hearing their perspective and then using that up op- as an opportunity to teach. Yeah. That's and, such and a powerful sentiment because from speaking to people who have very religious families and trying to understand why parents would, would treat their kids in certain ways after they come out, I've learned a lot about people spending their entire lives living a specific truth, hearing and being ingrained in them that being gay is wrong. And then not being gay themselves are going to hear that truth and believe it to be true. And here you go to hell if you do this thing where in their mind, they love you and they want you to go to heaven and they want you to live your best life. They think they're helping you. And like you said, you think you're fixing them where that's such a stalemate. No one's going to win. No. So kind of like pushing that aside of trying to change each other and just leaning into Drop love. That ego. Yeah. Drop that ego. That's because really it's powerful. It's so easy to lean into your ego when you're trying to just be accepted for who you mm-hmm. are. Yeah. That's what it is at the end of the day, Cammy. You want somebody to see you for who you are. And it's so easy to get in your head and to get in your ego when and to lose that perspective of love. Love yeah. first. Love yeah. first. Love first. Because when you're coming at an egotistical person with your ego, that's never gonna, it's never gonna end well. And let me also add people who believe that your love is a sin, they want a reason to demonize you. Mm -hmm. They want nothing more than to use your sexuality as an excuse and as the reason why 
you are no longer in their lives. Mm -hmm. They want that to be the reason because you're gay, because gay is the problem, because gay is what's hurting them. That's what they want. So when I learned that, like when my family was attacking me and then when I turned and ran away, it was because I was gay. And that was the gay in me that was keeping me from them. And that was the sin that was keeping them from them. When I'm there and I'm in their faith and they see how I am with Christian and how normal we are. And it's like such a regular relationship. Like they're forced to see that and they're Mm -hmm. forced to like witness it. And they're forced to see it from the perspective of like, not me being like, this is the girl I'm going to marry and you're going to like her and you're going to love her. No, like they're seeing us from the perspective of like, we're two human beings that love each other. And Mm -hmm. like, we work really well together and we communicate really well together. And that's really cool. And like, so right now that's kind of like where we are. My, my parents still have a lot of really conservative views. And I mean, they're very, very, very passionate people. And I think that's an awesome trait because I get a lot of my passion from my, my parents, but when you're passionate about issues that, um, are harmful to others, then that's kind of like, uh, where we don't really see eye to eye, um, specifically like political, uh, views, but it's also like, I've had to take a a big step back from how I was raised and the environment that I was raised in. And I've had to do a lot of soul searching and understanding like, okay, I'm responding this way because this is what was, this is what I was shown when I was raised. And like, actually now that I'm 28, that's not a healthy way to respond to something. So now we're going to do some Mm self-reflecting and we're going to figure out a better way to communicate with these people. Because until someone breaks that cycle of that, you know, awful communication habit. Like it's never, ever gonna know. And I'm willing to take one for the team. If that means, you know, better <laughs> communication amongst my family. So yeah. yeah, you have to put in the work to kind of break that. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I feel like, and you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, like we look up to all of these adults in our lives and think they're yeah. going to keep us safe and protect us. And they know better than us. And I think it's a really important place to get to, when you realize that they don't know more than you, they just, because they've lived longer, if anything, they could be experiencing the same mistakes for longer Mm -hmm. and have to do more work to reverse that. I think that's such like a powerful place to get to. And something that I want to keep in mind once I have kids of like, they're teaching me just as much, if not more, most likely way more than I can ever teach them. They're seeing things Mm -hmm. through new eyes that I haven't had the privilege to have. In different times. Exactly. So I think like once we break that, like blindly respecting our elders and trusting our elders, it'll help a lot with a lot of traumas and a lot of disputes. So I'm glad that you're working to break that cycle in such a loving and caring way. I think it's a hard thing to do. And I mean, kudos to you. I'm horrible at arguing with my family and it's something I'm actively (laughs) working to be better at. So I'm going to take a little. And also I think it's a it's really important to like note it to, to know also Cammy. Um, these are people that have raised us and they have this preconceived idea of who we are. 100%. So when we respond differently than what they expect us to based on who they think we are based mm-hmm. on the person they raised, that's a slap in the face to them. And they yeah. take that as a personal attack. Yeah. And that's something I've learned with my family in my family. It was always arguing and yelling. And like, when, when one person didn't agree with the other, it was like, we have to like yell at each other as loud as possible until one person like folds. Mm-hmm. Now, when like my parents come at me like that, I speak very calmly to them and like, that's I don't terrifying my to them. Probably they call me fake, like probably three or four times a week. Like my parents will get so mad. They're like, 
this isn't who you are. Like, (laughs) this isn't who we raised. You're so fake. And I'm like, no, just we wouldn't be able to communicate if I didn't Mm -hmm. freaking change. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, this hasn't got us very far in my 28 years of life. So something's got to change if we want to communicate as a family. And I'm the one that's going to have to change. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I'm fake. But they will say things like that to cause a reaction. Because at the end of the day, they still want the gay to be the bad part. They yeah. want to blame something on your sexuality. Because it's like, easier for oh, them. Oh, she's, she's being like that because she's she's gay. One of my favorite Karen quotes, and Karen is my character <laughs> that I play, but her, her quote is she says, yes, your children are a byproduct of you, but they are not a continuation of who you are. And I think that that's such a powerful quote because mm-hmm. so many people have kids and they expect their kids to be exactly like them. And your kids aren't like you. Yeah. They are a byproduct of you. They have your DNA, but they are not a continuation of who you are. Absolutely. And I think that all comes back to like, you have to get right with yourself and know who you are and be so satisfied with that person or satisfied where you are on your journey. If, even if you want to make changes, because then those things won't get to you as much. Like you'll see your parents disagreeing with you or being unkind to you and be like, "Mm, they don't get it. And that's okay. I'm like, protect my peace. Exactly. Mm, Protect it. I don't need that. Yeah. Is it hard sharing your life online and being so open about struggles with family and being very out and proud and living with your girlfriend? Does that ever cause issues with your family? Um, You know, it's not so much about, it's not so much from the perspective of, I do remember my grandma saying, asking me not to post about it, like online when I had first come out because she Mm -hmm. didn't want to be like, she didn't want my great grandma to be embarrassed or, or something mm. like that. But no, I I'm, they know I'm very, you know, open on my platform. Actually, it's weird. I, we have more issues in regards to me being open with my political views on mm. my platform than we do about me being like openly gay. Um, they really kind of got to a point now where they, like my family loves Christian. They love her way more than they love me. Like if it was like an option to swap out, they'd take her over me in a heartbeat. And so it's like, they don't really push too much on that uh, mm-hmm. area anymore. They're getting but now more it's comfortable. Like, yeah. Now it's like the, my mom once told me, this is an actual quote, put it on a t-shirt. She said, Taylor, I don't care if you are a dyke, but please don't ever be a liberal. Word for word out of her mouth. You heard it Wait. here first. If we that's not in your time. merch store, uh, then put it on a t-shirt. I swear, no, immediately literally. you have to. That's all I have to say. That you is, gotta, you got to. Yeah, that is literally word for word. Go- you know what? Screw your your acting yeah. career playing different people. Yeah. I want a movie of this. I want your yeah. life. There's so oh. many good lines in it. It's funny. It's sad. It's intense. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I know it's, I've it's I've kept you for so crazy. long, but I have to hear a little oh, bit I'm enjoying this. Okay, good, good. I'm like this episode's long, but I don't care. We're coming to the end of the no, year. People I'm got so time enjoying. to listen. I'm so um, enjoying it. I want to hear about you and Christian and how you guys got together, because from what I've heard, you guys knew each other since you were like 13 and 14. Is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, so I love a good we, friendship turned yeah. love story. So I, yeah, we, gets, we got time I get for like that. So cheesy when we're talking about Christian. You instantly like, started like glowing. It was very yeah, cute. She's, she's pretty freaking awesome. And I'm not just saying that from like the perspective of like, 
I get to like love her and like romantically be with her. But like, even from the perspective of just her as a human being, she's by far the most incredible person I've ever met in my life. And I think it's like such a privilege and so crazy that like I'm dating her and like get to love her and like want to, I want to spend the rest of my life with her. But it's, um, yeah, we grew up in the same area. So uh, her, like my childhood home, her childhood home is like 10 minutes from my childhood home. So like wow. same area. And um, her sister actually dated my cousin. So they're older. Oh. They're like in their thirties. And so, um, and then I was, I did like, I was raised in a very big agricultural family. So like my family was in like the cattle industry and different things like that. And like, I did 4-H at the fair and stuff where I would like show like animals and stuff at the fair. That and, is um, adorable. Yeah. And Kristen's <laughs> mom actually was a part of the farm bureau with my grandmother. And so they had that connection. Y'all and, are family. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would always see her at like the fair and stuff like that. And I'd be like, I was so like, <gasps> just enamored like, by her around her, but I wasn't like a shy kid. I was like mm-hmm. this, like balls to the wall <laughs> all the time as a kid. But like when Christian would come around, I was just like, that is adorable. and then like walk away. Like I couldn't even make eye contact with her. And I didn't understand it at the time. I was just like, I don't know what I thought. I thought I wanted to like be her because And she's a so year cool. older, right? Yeah. So she's a year older than me. So I think that that was kind of the confusion when I was young. It's like yes. I thought I looked up to her. Like mm-hmm. I, I really wanted, but like no. Like it was like looking weird, back, like, you're obsession. like, I was in love with yeah, you already. I would I would do that with like my cousin pointed it out. She was like, Remember when you would like have these weird obsessions with like girls that like like we're like a grade above you and you would just like talk about them all the time and it like nobody does that like normally like most girls that are straight don't do stuff like that I'm like yeah it's like I never thought that that was weird but it was all of us queer women had the same experiences thinking that they were uniquely ours (laughs) yeah and I'm like no like Mm -hmm. nobody else um but yeah we um, I went to a private Christian school and she uh went to public school Mm -hmm. and um so we actually, there was one year when I went to public school and we went to the same high school that year. So it was my sophomore year. So I was a sophomore, she was a junior and we went to the same high school together. And once again, I was friends with everyone in high school, like very outspoken, just kind of like I am now. But when Christian would come around, it was like, I shut down. I could not talk. I acted like I was like, I don't know. Like it just Your was crush weird. was like, intense. I couldn't, yeah. But I didn't know it was a crush. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that I was like, I don't know, maybe it's her perfume or something. It's a little <laughs> too strong for me. I don't know. Um, but she, we lost touch for a while. She graduated in 2010. I graduated in 2011. We lost touch for a while. And then I got a message from her on Instagram randomly one day. And she was like, Taylor, like I haven't heard from you in so long. And I was like, oh my gosh, same. And I was in a relationship at that time and was out online and Christian wasn't out yet. So I think that she Mm. like, we're from the same town. Like she saw me on Instagram and she was like, wow, like, you know, like she's out. And like you became her idol. Thanks. And she was like. I would like love to do that, but like, I can't be out. And, mm-hmm. um, so I was in, uh, that relationship that I was in for like almost four years, like three and a half years. And, um, Christian actually ended up becoming friends with my ex at the time. And, you know, we would do like FaceTime calls and we came into town and went to lunch together and everything between she and I was always very, very platonic. I didn't even know she was gay for the longest time. 
Oh, she didn't um, like immediately tell you. I feel like that's what normally no. happens. Hometown people reach out and they're like, no, so proud of you. Help. We're both gay. Like, yeah. no, she didn't say anything. She was like talking oh. to me about my sister adopted uh, my nephew and I have a nephew now. And I was like, oh my God, he's so cute. And like, it was very, <laughs> very platonic. Like we didn't even talk about like anything even remotely, like even really about sexuality. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I don't even remember how we got on the conversation. It was like something super random. And she was like, yeah, well, I'm gay too. And I was like, oh my God, no way. And it was like a very like simple, like not really thinking anything of it type of thing. Yeah. And then she went on Bachelor in Paradise. And, <laughs> and you're um, like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I was super stoked for her. I was like, that's awesome. Like, how cool is that? You know, like oh, you still aren't even 100%. thinking into like no. your crap. You you haven't even realized no. you've been obsessed with this girl for well, however many years. Yeah. In a relationship, and I'm very loyal when I'm in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like my mind doesn't wander. My eyes don't wander. Like, if I'm with you, I'm with you. Like, yeah. I don't and have you just time. enjoyed her as a friend. It was like, I get exactly. to experience you. And as you have yeah. made it clear, you enjoy who she is as a person right. beyond just getting to love her. So you're like, yeah, you're in my life. You're cool. Right. She just has like the cool, she's got the greatest heart and just, just super, super awesome. Super funny. Like great, great person. And she was living in LA at the time and mm-hmm. I was in, uh, Asheville still. And so, I mean, it was like opposite ends of the world. Like there was yeah. no thoughts of anything like that. Um, and then she ended up going on the show and I was like, super like, yeah, I was like watching every episode. Like me and my ex would literally Cute. like watch, watch the episodes together. And like, um, we're like rooting so hard for Christian and like Christian had told me that like everything in like her relationship with the person she was with at the time that she went on the show for that everything was great and like it was mm-hmm. all good and I think that was more like was her first like out relationship and so she was trying to like overcompensate and like make As everyone think that it was like do. a really great thing mm-hmm. yeah but it wasn't mm-hmm. and she slowly but surely kind of started also from the perspective I think a lot of people don't understand that the reason that we became close during that period was because I was her only friend that she had that was one out two in an open relationship and three that had a social media platform she Mm -hmm. went on this show and overnight got plummeted into this platform that she never asked for and never really like wanted it's not that she didn't want to be a part of it but this is something I've always wanted she never really like longed for this type of thing and And it was a lot it was like the bachelor world is crazy, very opinionated, very conservative, extremely too. conservative, as we have all seen only getting worse. And then it's yeah. like you, she like almost was forced into this representation role where she's barely even out and living her life yeah. and having to be like the poster child of women, loving women relationships yeah. on this very, very control rolling relationship at the time and was not able to really be herself at all which yeah added and then there's so producers and editing yep. done and pressure yeah. like I remember watching like them getting engaged at the end of the show or whatever and I was like yeah. there's no way the producers did not force this on yeah. them I was so stressed yeah. for them for some reason like yeah. it just didn't well Christian wasn't out right. she wasn't out publicly her family didn't know that she was gay did they and find out from the show yeah. And so wow. that was like a really big Jesus. thing. And that was why like, yeah. So like <sighs> Christian came to me from like a perspective of, I don't know what the hell I'm yeah, doing help. and I don't know how the hell to navigate this Aww. like at all. Mm-hmm. What do I do? And I literally, she was like, you know, unhappy and like things were weird after the show. And 
things had gotten kind of, you know, like confusing between her and the girl she was with at the time. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Taylor, like, I don't know what to do. And I said, Christian, pack your suitcase, come home, come home. I said, come home and be around the people that love you and know you be around your family, spend time with your nephew, you know, see all of these people that genuinely love you and, and come home and just decompress literally be around the people that know you Mm -hmm. and you know, love you. And she literally texted me 30 minutes later and she's like, I booked my flight. I'm coming home tomorrow. And I was like, yay. Like (laughs) awesome. And she came home. And like I said, that was when my ex and her, uh, we all met up and had lunch together and it was great. And, and then she came out the following day to see my grandma's farm. And that was when she kind of opened up to me a little bit more about like the kind of what was actually going on in like Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and everything. And like, just kind of the toxic environment she was in. And I just told her, I'm like, listen, like you're not crazy. And this is like, not cool. And like the situation that you're in is very unfair. And I don't think it's right. I was like, just straight up and real with her about that. And then I'm like sitting there and I'm like, but I'm like in the same situation in my relationship. And did it take you in her relationship story to, to realize that yourself? Yeah. Well, it was like, I'm the type of person where if I'm in a relationship and it's not going good, I'm not going to talk to anyone about it. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not telling my friends. I'm not telling my family. Why? Because unless I know I am ready to walk away, I'm not going to give anybody in my circle a reason to dislike this person. If I know I'm going to stay with them. I did the same. We are, we have so many similar things like, oh my God, I was queen of doing that. And then when things would end and people are like, what you were unhappy. They're like, I thought you guys were great. I'm like, yeah. I was dying for yeah. two years, uh, like mm-hmm. dying. Yeah. You don't Ugh. see it until people don't realize it until they see you out of it. And then they're like, you're a whole different person. You're so happy. Yeah. You're so fun. And it's like, yeah, I was depressed. Yeah. Well, then you also <laughs> deal with the people that tell you that like, oh my God, you're like, who are you? Like, I don't know who you are. Like, no, you knew me when I was depressed and mm-hmm. deprived. And now that I'm myself, you think that I'm fake because I'm actually being myself when I was stifled for, you know, yeah so many years. So yeah, it really was her opening up to me and me being, and me giving her advice and then taking a long, hard look in the mirror and being like, how can I sit here and give my friend this advice when Mm -hmm. I'm not taking it myself? And so it was like shortly after it was like two or three weeks after that, like we both were single. And I think we both just like through each other's friendship and like being there for each other and like holding each other accountable. We're just like, no, like this isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And then naturally we were both going through like pretty, I mean, Christian, was, she was engaged and yeah. like, it happened on national television. Like that's not an easy thing to like go through publicly, you mm-hmm. know, online. And then my ex and I had been together for like almost four years. And there were so many people emotionally invested in our relationship that, you know, we tweet that we broke up and then suddenly nobody believes in love anymore and everything's <laughs> a lie and fake. And I'm like, you guys are a little dramatic. Come on. Like, <laughs> But yeah. yeah. And <laughs> after that, like, after I got out of it, I just was like, screw it. I'm doing me. Like, I'm going to, pers- I'm going to like pursue all my dreams. Like my dream had always been to be an actress and move to California. And like, I'm not like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I was like, I know people there now. Like I can go out there. I could do it. I like found roommates and got like an apartment out there and just up and moved to, uh, Los Angeles pretty shortly after our breakup also filmed the reality house pretty shortly after our breakup. And I was like, yes, life is going amazing. Yeah. And crazy whirlwind. Yeah. 
And then we ended up falling in love with each other through our misery. And it was really <laughs> easy and it fell into place really naturally, I think, because we knew each other. You know, there yeah. wasn't any getting to know each other. I knew yeah. her and I knew that her heart was incredible. And I was yeah. excited to experience it in another dimension. So that is so freaking cute. Did you have any fears? Like, I think sometimes when we, fall in love with the person we're leaning on to get through something, there can mm-hmm. be a fear that it's, that's the connection. That's why it feels yeah. that way. Like Was there rebound. any, yeah, but not even like necessarily a rebound, but like there's, there is something romantic about connecting yeah. through like a shared experience yeah. or trauma or hardship. Was there any fear that one, you would ruin your friendship because you guys were so close and enjoyed each other so much. And yeah. two, that the romantic side wasn't authentic and it was just being clouded by sharing that experience. Did you ever have that fear? Um, I did. So I knew where I stood and Mm -hmm. I knew that like, that wasn't the case with me, but I think Christian was still so much in the beginning stages of even being out publicly. And she just got out of a a bit engagement and then a split up and she's, you know, trying to like navigate all of this. And I remember at one point, like I turned to her and I was like, listen, like, this is the type of person I am. Like, I don't give myself physically to people unless I genuinely like deeply, deeply care for you. And like, yeah. that's something that means a lot to me. And I, I actually believe the exact quote I said to her was, I just want to make it clear to you that I'm not going to be a band-aid. So we need to figure out if this is something that we're like actually going to go into head first, or if we're just going to like cut it and realize, okay, like it was what it was. Let's stay friends. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, no, like this is pretty legit. And then, I mean, we went and lived on the road for a year together, just each other. So I feel like if there was anything that was going to break us, it would probably be living in 30 square feet with three dogs and traveling the United States. Yeah. Talk about a relationship, Tash. You're like, yeah, you want to like move into a very small area where we just drive around with our three dogs and just see how this goes. And she's like, right. Sure. right after living right off of Melrose Avenue in Los Angeles in the middle of COVID and going through all that together. So it's like everything that could have tested our relationship, we got it done in the first year. Like what else? I mean, really, unless, unless I get pregnant with like octuplets (laughs) or something, I physically cannot imagine anything being harder than what we've already been through. And we've made it work. That'll happen unplanned. You know what? Just because you said that, Cammy. You're like, you know I'm, what? And I'm if gonna I do have it. Octuplets, you're taking three of them. So that's fine. All I have to say about that. Oh, deal. Gladly. I don't feel like this is like an interview. I feel like we're just catching up. I know. That's the best podcast episodes. I love this. I'm like, we've been talking for an hour and a half. And I'm like, yes, you will all be listening to all of this because I'm like, good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this isn't a, this is a friend that's been like abroad and hasn't had a fault in a few years. And we're just like <laughs> catching each other up on life. And I love, well, we've never like, really gotten to properly chat in any capacity. So it's so fun. Yeah. I feel like this is like our first friend date and I just want to know everything. <laughs> well, and it's so funny. Cause I feel like we kind of have like, at least from what I've gathered from Taryn, she reminds me of Christian a lot. And like, really? I feel like you and I remind me of each other. And then like Taryn and Christian remind, like, I feel like they would just hit it we off. Have to double and, like, date. We would never see them again. Like it would just, <laughs> we would be like, where are our others? Like what? <laughs> We're like sipping like, wine bye. and like we can't find them anywhere. This all <laughs> yeah. sounds great. I I think we 100% make all of that happen. And then you turn around and they're at like the top of an oak tree and you're like, Karen, <laughs> Christian, how did you get up there? And we're like smiling, like just seems very on brand. I don't know. 
very on brand and I love it. Um, Okay. I have one final question and then I will let you go and I will let all the listeners go get about their day too. But I think that it's so interesting that you guys, you and Christian grew up together. We're from the same area. Like I think that makes a lot of things a lot easier. I think being queer and religious can be really hard. And I think it could cause some issues in a relationship if people yeah. didn't agree. Um, yeah. have you noticed that that kind of makes it easier that you guys do see eye to eye and have so many shared experiences together? I mean, past the shared yes. traumas of the exes and all of that. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's crazy how much easier it was. And like, that's why a lot of people were like, Oh my gosh, like they felt like Christian and I moved on so quickly, but I think that people don't take into account that like, we've known each other for so long that it wasn't like we really had to do anything to just, you were coming from strangers. Yeah. We, Mm -hmm. we knew each other and like her family knows my family and my family knows her family. And like, we already have like this connectedness of this. And I think it, it also is helpful. Like feeling like you're the odd man out because you have a gay kid in a super in super southern conservative town Mm -hmm. and then like your your gay kids like dating the other gay kid from the super conservative (laughs) town and so like it makes it like a little less like you know like oh you froze for me I don't know if you can hear me but you fully froze I was there just go. screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm actually <laughs> glad you didn't hear that because I just started. I don't know what happened to me, but when it went out, I just started screaming really loud. <laughs> like I did something no. wrong. Nope, you're good. You're back. <sighs> okay, but you were anyway. saying when your your kid in the super conservative southern town is yeah. the other kid in the super yeah it's conservative just, southern. I town. think it just made it like a little bit easier. Like the you know totally. okay, it's like we are like. For instance, my ex and I dated for almost four years and our families never met yeah. ever, like never. And it was just because they were so different that there was mm-hmm. no common ground for them to even like have anything, yeah. you know, and, and it's been a lot easier with Christian because she comes from like the same type of environment that I come from. And so she understands my family mm-hmm. and I understand her family. And like, I remember my ex got mad one time because my grandma made a comment, which she shouldn't have made, but it's like. I don't have any control over what my family says. And it's not my fault that they say these things, you know? And I used to always get blamed for how my family would react to certain situations when I was in, you know, my past relationship and with Christian, she knows it's not my fault and she doesn't blame me. And it's just, you know, she supports me and she loves me and she's there and she, you know, sticks up for me when she needs to. And I do the same for her. And it's like, it's just been really cool because we're, we're navigating it, you know, from the perspective of, we get each other. Mm -hmm. And I've never really had that in a relationship. Like she knows exactly how I was raised, where I was raised, everything. I know the exact same thing about her. And it's like, it just is, it's such a nice common ground to have because when you do come from, and I'm not saying that it's necessarily inherently bad to come from opposite backgrounds. And, you know, I believe that that can work. However, from my experience, it did not. And Mm -hmm. I, um, I've, I've found it much easier in my relationship with Christian, but even just like the type of person Christian is where she understands how my family raised me and she sees how they are. And she sees how much I've, how hard I've worked on, like improving myself and, you know, improving the way that I respond to people. And she's always very quick to, when there is some sort of altercation with my family to remind them of like, 
how much I've grown and how much I've changed where I felt like, you know, in past relationships, it was always just kind of, I was never good enough, or it was always, I was, you know, being torn down where, Mm -hmm. and, you know, with Christian, it's like, she constantly reminds me like, you have worked hard. You are working hard. Like you are great. And like you, you're doing awesome. And I'm just super thankful that I have someone like that in my life, because when you spend a majority of your life being told who you are and who you should be. It's really nice to be with somebody who accepts you for you and just loves yeah. the hell out of you no matter what. Yeah. You guys are just so, so aligned. And I think having that level of understanding from yeah. coming from such similar situations makes really difficult things probably a lot easier and a lot more yeah. manageable to go through together. Right. And it's like, it's not always perfect. And there are times when like, I want to pull my hair out and there are times when I drive her <laughs> crazy, but it's like, we communicate and like, that's the basis of everything. And it's like, mm-hmm. I might not be able to communicate with you right this second. Like I might need to walk away and like spend 30 minutes, like aggressively cleaning because that's some <laughs> weird thing that I like to do when I'm upset, Same. but I'm always going to come back. And I know I can always come back to an open heart and an open mind. And that's yeah. what she always offers me. And that I love everything. that. Yeah. Well, awesome. I'm so happy for you. You literally, the way you smile that whole half hour of talking about her is so yeah. precious and sweet. Like it goes I'm from so talking about like the darkest points of my life to like the happiest. And so it's like a yeah. very drastic transition. But it's but- special to see that like, even though you, when you were probably in those really, really dark, deep moments, you probably didn't see a single light at the end of that tunnel. And then to be where you are right now, so happy with your person and like having those relationships with your family, but also protecting yourself and your peace and your heart as well. Like you should be so proud of where you are. And that is really special to like somehow wrap up all of those years of experiences in an hour and a half chat. Right. And like watching my family grow, like it's just been, been cool. One of my aunts made a comment to my mom the other day she said something along the lines of like and I think she said it to like get a rise out of my mom but you know there are a lot of people in my family that are still pretty homophobic and this is more like extended family but an aunt made a comment in front of my mom the other day about how she went to this place and you'll never guess who owned it it was two lesbians and my mom was like my mom's yeah. like, I looked her and I was like, what is my mom? My mom said, I looked her and I was like, what a woman owned business. That sounds awesome. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, like, mom, I'm like, my mom would have never said something. My mom would have probably fed into that comment a few mm-hmm. years ago, you mm-hmm. know? And the fact that like, it offended my mom that my aunt made that comment mm-hmm. speaks volumes. Yeah. Because the one that, that it offended that, her and she handled it so well. Like, yep. I don't yep. even know your mom, but I see that growth yeah. and it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's slow. It's not ever going to be overnight. And it's not going to be like this change where you say one powerful thing and they're like, wow, my mind is blown. I'm a different person. It's not going to happen like that. It's slow. And it's, it's a, you know, it's a process, but it's worth it from my perspective anyway. Yeah. And it's a testament to your concept of like, show them people like myself. Cause in your mom's head, she's probably like, Taylor and Christian could have a company yeah. and that would be great. So yeah, they'd, they'd rock these are, it. these are two daughters to other people and it'd be the right. same thing. So, right. yeah. Well, That's again, cool, kudos to you for navigating those relationships. They're difficult, but right. worth it. And it's great to see you guys kind of thriving and managing to get through that. Yeah. Um, before Thank we go, so of course, can you let everyone know where they can kind of keep up with 
you guys and your travels and life and uh, all the animals. Show. I, you know, yes, I have this show. It's called Keeping Up with the Kardashians and it's on E with E. No, no I'm just kidding. Um, I knew I recognized you. <laughs> right. Can't you tell it's all right. Let me turn. Well, let me show you my butt. Then you can there we go. Me. There we go. Um, I just kidding. You can follow me. All of my social media handles are at hi Taylor Blake with two eyes. So it's H I I T A Y L O R B L A K E. And I don't have a YouTube channel, but I'm working on it. I promise maybe within the next four years, I'll have one seriously. <laughs> and it'll probably be the same uh, username. So do hi, it. Taylor Please Blake do on all it. Platforms. Uh, Perfect. And Everyone Aunt go Karen follow. Horns. There Karen we go. Horns. So yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Taylor. This was Thank you for having me, so Cammie. fun. Um, whenever you guys ride that little camper on back to LA at some point, please I let am me know. Be in LA the, we're going to be in LA the 3rd through the 12th, and we would love to see you. Oh, my God. Perfect. Okay. Um, yes. I will email you my phone number, and we will make Please. <laughs> I was like, literally went to text you today, and I'm like, oh, how homophobic that I don't have her number. We'll communicate know. email. What is this, 1993? Every time on the podcast, and then I'm like, it's so bizarre that we're, it feels so professional. And I hate I the way I talk in an email. It's like, right. it, you have like a whole different persona that Literally. it's just, I'm like, this isn't me. Like, why am I, I trying to punctuate email, this? Like I talked, people would think that I was clinically insane. So yeah, there's that. But I would like to do that. I think we should make that happen. Yeah. Make it more personal. Just for you and I. Yeah. Okay. Just, just us. I. Never mind. I'm not giving you my number. We're just going to communicate via emails. <laughs> Only email. That's right. <laughs> Can right. you please send my love to the dogs and to Taryn oh. and my amazing and congrats times 10 million thousand. And if you guys need a flower girl, I've been everyone's flower girl my whole life and I'll totally do it. We might hit you up on that. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. Send my love to Christian and the the 30 dogs. Is that what we decided is at it's your like, parents' house? It's like, you know, anywhere between 30 and 60. I have, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. You just can't keep track of all that. Yeah. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> have a great day. Enjoy being you in a too. house for the time I that you're there. <laughs> for like almost a week. I'm so excited. You guys take care. God bless. Thank you so Bye, much Taylor. for having me. Thank Bye. you. Bye.